Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 53. So I want to talk about navigating as a Christian in a hostile world. You know, one of the things... Um, it's difficult, I know. I mean, being at work, surrounded by mostly a lot of people that are, that don't believe, uh, co-workers, friends, you know, you, you want to share the faith. You want to... You want to um, bring people to Christ. You want to share Christ with people. And it's frustrating because, you know, a lot of my friends don't live the Catholic faith. A lot of my friends don't share uh, interest in Christ. Many of them blaspheme his name, you know, swear using his name and it's heartbreaking you know it's it's extremely heartbreaking and you could develop a negative a negative appearance a negative um image with people that all you want to talk about is Jesus all you want to talk about is religion and that's disheartening. But I don't care. I don't care what they think about me. I know one thing for certain, okay? They don't care. And I don't care as well. Even though you may be surrounded by people like that, there's always a light in the, uh, in the end of the tunnel. I know two people at work that believe. Uh, a supervisor who happens to be a deacon in a Ukrainian church. And I know a f- another fellow co-worker who is a devout Catholic. The rest, give or take, you know, some may belong to other Christian, you can say, traditions. I have a friend, uh, my friend Henry. He belong. he's a devout Catholic and he teaches, um, you know, um, RCIA once in a while. Um, certain parishes in New York and he belongs to a group called Communion Liberation. It's a movement, an apostolate movement within the church. You know, they, they came out of Italy. Um, they're, um, a group that was founded by, um, Monsignor Giussani and they talk a lot about living the Christian faith, uh, the experience of the Christian faith, you know, 
basically within Catholicism. And that's wonderful. You know, I mean, you know, it's just making the time to belong to a group like this is very difficult. But like I said, there's a light in the end of the tunnel. There's hope. And of course, you've heard me talk about the the disappointment in the local parishes where there isn't much as i as i see it a um a catholic community it's sad you know especially i have a beautiful right by me a beautiful uh basilica of regina pachi in brooklyn in diker heights brooklyn it's a beautiful beautiful parish uh basilica and it doesn't have much of a um as i see it um a catholic community you know, they have a RCIA uh, for young adults, but that's for young people. But I'm talking about like people who want to share and live the faith among adults. It's just not happening. And I think that's just because the culture in New York is um, distant. You know, and I understand people have a life. I understand people have things to do, responsibilities and stuff like that. But think about the fact that we need more of a Christian life. We need more of the presence of Christ in our daily lives. You know, coming to Mass on Sunday, yes, that is important. But I do believe, I think we can make life better if we come together and at least have a moment where we can pray the rosary, re, you know, talk about what the passage of, you know, you know, what this means in Scripture. You know, that's why... It's so important to have um, teachers like um, this um, Syri- a Syrian bishop, which you probably heard me mention, um, His Grace uh, Bishop uh, Mar Mari Emmanuel. He's on YouTube, uh, Good Shepherd Church. He's known... Um, Bishop Marmari Emmanuel, the Samaritan. And he really teaches the faith. He gets into the details and meaning of scripture. He talks about, you know, he gives you a little bit of the historical context, but he talks about the meaning of words, the meaning of what this passage of scripture means. Like, for example, Smyrna means bitter. Ephesus, never bothered to find that, means beloved. And John the Apostle was called the beloved. And that's where he went and taught. Paul went to Ephesus too. And he mentions that the the seven letters to the seven churches of Asia are seven stages of the church in the world. Like, for example, Christ uh, appearing in his glorified form in the book of 
of the apocalypse. On his in his right hand, he holds seven stars. The right hand is his strength, his power, his might. All right. And the seven stars are seven angels, but they're not what you call just angels. They are not what you call like divine beings from, um, not divine beings, but you know what I mean? Messengers from heaven. But they really are also seven, the seven rulers of the church, the bishops, the, the leaders, the spiritual leaders. The seven lampstands, as it says, are the golden lampstands are the seven churches. Gold represents divinity, represents the, the relationship Christ has with these churches. Now, there he's showing that he's in control because John the Apostle, like all the apostles, set up these churches and he was now a prisoner and exiled to Patmos. And he's a prisoner. It's a, it's a colony, a prison colony. Christ is showing him there's no need for him to worry about them. He is in control. He gives the good message to those churches. Then he tells them what grievances he has. Now, bitter, Smyrna, possibly it could be. That's where they may, like they might have a myrrh production. You know, the spices being brought there and then, then uh, you know, sold and sent out to the world. We know that one of them is named Philadelphia, which means city of brotherly love. But the last two, which is Philadelphia and Lagodicea, though my Greek is bad, are grouped together. One is brotherly love. The other one is going off the way, which is the second city. They're grouped together because that's possibly the last stage of the church history. Okay, possibly from Bishop Emmanuel's perspective, the last uh, two centuries, the 20th and 21st century, you know, this universal love, universal brotherhood, brotherly love, and then going off the way, meaning going off the road which the church would go through. You know, because look what we're going through right now. There's this desperation for universalism. And then there's just this desperation to go off the way, to conform Christ to the world, to conform the gospel to the world, to bring down Christ to the level of the world. You know, you know, uh, the uh, L, um, LB, you know, what do you call it? the lesbian gay thing and all that stuff, the, you know, gay and lesbian thing, the um, sodomy thing, the transgender thing to bring down Christ, to bring down the, 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 the marriage to the level of the world, allow people who are adulterers and unrepented people to receive Holy Communion to uh, the fact that the bishops won't say anything to Catholic politicians who are unrepentant of, of their um, 
of, of their of their support for sodomy and abortion and other sinful things. This is going off the way, going off the way, losing the way, not off the uh, because another word for sin is missing the mark. Like you shoot an arrow, but the arrow misses the mark. That's sin. Sin is losing the way, not walking the straight and narrow way. This is the problem. So we are living in the time now of strong hostility, of strong uh, possibly persecution. It always starts off in several different stages. A friend of mine says it, you know, you know, people make fun of you. Then, uh, then it goes into it grows it goes higher and higher and, and 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 finally they attack your your church they they desecrate your holy images uh, they attack your religious leaders they uh, people don't you know people complain about you they tell you not to wear your religious symbols uh, they tell you not to read your Bible they tell you not to pray your rosary or anything like that. This is the kind of world we're living in now. And this is the kind of world it's going to get. It's going to get worse. According to Bishop Manuel, the Samaritan, as Christ experienced three and a half years of persecution and hostility, so we Christians, the church, will have three and a half years and then our crucifixion. When will that be? Straight to the end. Straight to the end. The enemy will have, will be given permission to have full reign, full reign over all of us because he will attack Christians, persecute them, he will whisper it in the minds of wicked, evil people, people who hate people who hate God, hate the gospel, hate everything. And even for those, put it this way, even for those so-called Satanists, even if they don't really worship Satan, but there are those who probably do worship him foolishly, blindly. They should not think that Satan's not going to turn on them because Satan doesn't care about anybody. Satan doesn't love anyone. Satan even hates his own disciples because he's not God. He, he, he will never be God. He doesn't have the power of God. He's nothing. Yes, he, he's got power or he has some manipulation of things, but he's not God. Christ reigns supreme. Christ is king. Christ is Lord. All right? Satan is nothing. He's just a creature. A celestial creature, you can call him. A spiritual creature, but he's a creature. Created. God uses him too for his own purposes. So let's not, for those people who are Satanists, don't fool yourselves. You, like he, as Bishop Mar, 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 Mar Marie Emanuel said, we are starting to experience 
changes. The shutdown. Okay, the censorship. Okay? Slowly we're losing our, 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 our constitutional rights. The right of free speech. People will give away their rights for security and comfort. Okay? People will give it away. People will give their rights away for security and comfort, for food. Right? They'll do it. Because people, because people can be desperate, especially now that we're seeing this new stage of, of migrants coming into this country, right? They're all poor people. They all got children. They all got very little education, right? The, the, the border is left open deliberately. What do you think that's all about? It's deliberately left open, Okay. They burned their bridges, the, the the politicians, the last couple of years. They've not, they haven't kept their promises, right? They did steal an election, regardless of what they may think. The fact that they keep asking the question, they they keep that the opponents ask the question, "Do you believe the election was stolen?" tells you that they know that something was off. Because if they were so, if they were, if they were so confident that nothing illegal happened, then why keep asking the question? Why do you bring it up? Okay, because you, they know it's it's up. Because look at the president we have now. Look at the situation. We have a war going on with thirty-three trillion dollars in debt. This is the sign. That we're going to lose this country. That is the downfall. All right. Since 1890s, after the Spanish War, the Spanish American War, America slowly became an empire. All right. From there to World War One to World War Two, we finally became a superpower and an empire. Maybe not the same way as you would think the classical empires like Rome and Babylon or something or Egypt. But we became an empire and now we're falling down. We've, we've lost, we've given in to abortion, contraception and sodomy to mutilating children. We are a decrepit culture. We are a perverted culture. You can't say we're still a good nation. No. When you murder, devour, and mutilate your youth, your future, and in some cases, like Canada, they kill their their elderly. They don't have respect for their elderly. They don't have respect for the newborn. They don't have respect for the elderly. We are no longer a good people. We're no longer a good nation. We're evil and we're wicked. And so an em- a country, an, a superpower or an empire, we have to go. 
we have to be removed. Just like ancient Israel began sacrificing their children to pagan idols, we, we've done the same thing. Yet so, yes, so has Canada's done it, so has Europe done it, but something is coming. We have been living the last couple of years in constant turmoil. 9-11 was the start, really. It didn't just start in COVID. It started with 9-11. And we were given stages, warnings. We refused to change our ways. Even our church, our church leaders, our bishops, they lost the way too. You know, ever since 1963, right, from Vatican II, it has not been an easy road. It has not been an easy road for the church. It has been a bumpy ride. Okay, the, the modern world has not been an easy one, but it, it hasn't been easy for the church at all. We've had, the church has had many centuries. Our bishops and the faith and uh, the sexual revolution, um, the social revolution um, has not been kind. But I mean, you go back before that, I mean, the church has had a number of scandals. It has gone through it. It managed to get through it from the Reformation, even before the Reformation. There were constant scandals. You know, we've had a time, a period, the church has had three popes. I know it sounds ridiculous. You, you couldn't imagine it, but there was a moment of confusion, a lot of uh, political intrigue. And then there was also heresies. There was a lot of heresies. But now it it's it's getting, I mean, with social media, it's never been like this before. The German, the Catholic bishops, the bishops of Germany, they want to permit, they want the LB, <laughs> I mean, I forgot what, the, what they, I mean, say them, but the LB community, they want, they want, they want to change the church's teachings on homosexuality. Okay. They want to change the church's view on, on life in the womb. They want to change the church's teaching on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. The Catholic bishops are very, the Catholic church in Germany is extremely filthy rich. You know how they take their tithing? You know, we put it in a basket or write them a check. They take it right out of your bank account. They take it right out of your taxes. And it's not just, I'm going to take, take a guess, it's not just the Catholic Church. It's the, I think, other religions too. You know, Muslims and other stuff like that. But the Catholic Church has probably first, uh, first place. And this is because this was set up by Adolf Hitler back in, um, 
World War II, and it hasn't changed. The, the Germans kept it. They got a lot of money in their bank account. And if you want to change that, if you don't want them taking money from you, you don't want to contribute it to a church, you got to do, you got to go into your taxes. And then what happens is when the bishops find out about it, you sort of, you're excommunicated from church. You don't get a Catholic burial, which a lot of Germans don't, don't want that to happen. This is, this is basically has made them cocky, has made them bold. They have, you know, they have a lot of leverage. Now you're probably asking, is this, has this had uh, any effect with Benedict, the late Benedict XVI? I would guess it did. Does this have any influence on Francis? Well, they they helped to elect him. They helped put him up there as a bishop, as pope. And he's close friends with them. He's very close with the Germans. Now, going through another controversy, there's arguments whether Francis is legitimately Pope. Okay. Uh, we've heard Dr. Taylor Marshall question this. Marshall always does it in a very sneaky way. Um, I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm just, you know, saying there's a, there's a lot of questions there. He, he does that. He throws it in. He pulls back. You know, the truth is he doesn't like Francis. He doesn't like Pope Francis. He does not like him. He does not like him. He really doesn't like him. He says he prays for him. I would, uh, I'm not going to call him a liar on that one because he probably does, but he doesn't like him. And I agree with him that Francis is a very confusing person. Francis gives you many, many mixed messages. But does that make him uh, a false pope, a fake pope? A phony Pope, a counterfeit Pope? No. Even if you don't like him, that doesn't make him a counterfeit Pope. It doesn't make him into an anti-Pope. Look, he is Pope. Christ never promised us that we wouldn't have bad Popes. The impeccability of the man does not necessarily always have to match the, the office. Look at Simon Peter. Look at him. He denied Christ three times. Cursed, spat on the ground. I don't know who this man is. He was called Satan by our Lord when he refused to accept the fact that Jesus would be going to the cross. Jesus called, said to him, get behind me, Satan. Challenged our Lord to prove himself to walk on water. Did for a few minutes, then sunk, almost drowned. 
All right? <laughs> you know, it does not, you know, I mean, he chose him. Christ chose Simon Peter. Even at one point, he he didn't live up to his office in front of St. Paul when he got up from the table of Gentiles when a bunch of Jewish Christians came in because he didn't want to be seen eating and sitting down with Gentile Christians. And Paul rebuked him to his face. So, no, Christ knew what we would be arguing about. He knew what we're going through. So, why are people like Taylor Marshall or Father Altman, who recently has declared that Pope Francis is not Pope? or LifeSite News, or any other group that questions the legitimacy of Pope Francis' election. Even, let's say, let's just, let's just say possibly that they may have played, fixed the election. Let's just say they fixed the election. Well, here's the thing. Christ permitted it. And not just that he permitted it, he also... There's this thing. There's this other part we forget. The minute Benedict passed away, if that, if let's say the election was fixed, the minute Pope Benedict, the late Pope Benedict passed away, Francis becomes automatically Pope. Even if, let's say, there was the election was rigged. Let's just pretend, let's just say it did. Now, you're probably going to ask, how can that possibly be? If Even if that did happen. Because the grace of the Holy Spirit that came down on Benedict, on Ratzinger, that was taken from John Paul, the late John Paul II, St. John Paul II, went to Benedict. And even, let's say, there was questions, people made questions about Pope Benedict's resignation. Regardless what, you had a whole bunch of bishop, a whole bunch of bishops, a whole bunch of cardinals there. And no one has come out questioning Francis's election. Okay? Even the most conservative old cardinals, Burke um, and all the others, okay? Nobody dared. I can't really think of the names right now, but they did not question it. Even his harshest critics have not questioned his election. So what's going on with Marshall and all the others? They just don't like him. Simple as that. They don't like the man. And that's fine. You don't have to like the man. But 
there's also the other part. They're doing it for clicks. They're, they're doing it because it, it makes the money. I hate to say it, but that's true. Marshall has a large audience. He's on YouTube and he sells books and he writes and <laughs> it's his bread and butter. That's all. But rest assured, Francis, Pope Francis, is the Pope. Done with. Even Taylor, uh, not Taylor Marshall, I'm sorry, uh, Michael Voris of Church Militant says he's the Pope. Even several other conservatives have all said that Francis is the Pope. It's sad that we got to go through all this, but you know what? It's good to learn. Okay, you have to understand. Christ has his reasons. The same way he permitted Biden to become president. He has his hand in who becomes Pope. And controversies are trials. Bad popes are trials. It's to strengthen our faith. Even bad presidents is is there is has a message. Okay, I mean America has forgotten God. We got a president that forgets who he is and doesn't know how to go up and down the stairs. All right, our country is a mess. It reflects everything. Okay, so here's where we come to this part. The last part. Trials. We are going through a trial. What's the answer? Now, why? Because exactly as our Lord wants us, he's, he wants us to strengthen our faith. He wants to prepare us for what's to come. Okay. Now, prayer is important. You need the grace, the graces to, to, to strengthen you. To We all need it. All of us. We're all called to be saints. Every single one of us, young and old, we're all called to be saints. Even the most worst and wicked of all of us sinners. We're all sinners. Okay? There's not one worse sinner than the other. We're all sinners. And we all need to grow in our faith, to be strengthened in our faith. We need that. We need this. We need to do this right now. Read your Bible. Read the new, start with the New Testament. Get a New Testament with the Psalms. Listen to Catholic programs, even the ones better than me, because my, what I do is I always point to, 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 to better part. Even Marshall, you know, once in a while he says something good, but the most important thing is, is that you, we have to learn to pray. Like, I haven't been watching The Chosen as much because I've been listening to Bishop Marmari Emmanuel. Why? Because I'm learning about the faith. 
I'm learning about the faith. And the fact is, here's the thing. How many bishops out there do you know teach? I mean, teach really good. You know, and we need that. We we really do. You know, I know we got um, Robert Barron out there, and but it's different. What I mean by because it's different with this Bishop Emmanuel, it's because I don't, it's, it doesn't feel like a sales pitch. Bishop Emmanuel is like raw. It's like listening to St. Paul. The fact that he, you know, he has a long beard and has that strange hood, um, uh, hood over his head. And he holds a, um, like a, like an Oriental Christian, he holds a cross, a cross in his hand and he speaks raw and that it's unrehearsed and you can feel it. You can, I mean, I mean, I feel it, but you can sense it. You can sense it's genuine. And I, and I'm not, and I, you know, and I, and I know it sounds like I'm praising him a lot, but because we don't have anyone like him, you go to our, you go to our local parishes and they, they struggle to give a good homily. And they, and when they give it to you, it's so careful. It's so cautious. It's so ridiculously forgetful in this in this case you're, you're you're getting it from someone who really wants us to become saints who really wants us to come to know Christ and maybe it's because he's a middle easterner maybe that's what makes him different. And I know, I know I come from a Middle Eastern background, Palestinian, Egyptian. But that really isn't it. It really isn't it. It's because he's different. He's genuine. And he really walks you through the Bible. He really walks you through the book of Revelation. He really walks you through the letters of St. Paul. He really walks you through, like he takes you on a tour. It's, 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 it's even... It's like someone giving you a tour of a museum. And, but with him, it's a tour through scripture. He explains the Trinity. He explains the, the, the divine and the humanity of Christ. He talks about the Son of God, the Son of Man. And he talks about the meaning of the Trinity. He talks about what fatherhood really means it's great to hear this and this is you know it, it's 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 like god's just you know that's why i i on youtube i listen the only things i have a follow is like three things i would say one is real catholic teachers to politics and less and less lately, which I'm happy because I'm happy to break away from it since uh, 
I hardly I hardly watch any anything else. Like it's difficult. I, I, I can't even stand watching the superhero films because I'm happy. I'm so happy that I'm slowly burned out out of, out of it because I you know I grew up with that for so long, and I'm so happy they're a disappointment. But you want you want a real good teacher, and it's hard to find a good spiritual director in life. And I'm happy that I found someone who is going to teach me, who, who is teaching me and teaching millions of others. You know, to be a student and you're like, you're going through the school of Christ and Christ knows that desperation we, we have, we have lack of good teachers. The fact that we have them um, on YouTube it's like the Holy Spirit is giving us the answer. You want to learn about Christ. I mean, I like, I like Jonathan Kahn. He, he's not Catholic. Um, the Chosen isn't entirely Catholic. I mean, just for Jonathan Rumi. And I've done something else. I've actually just finished, and I'm going to continue doing is the. Um, the Novena to Padre Pio. I actually began it last month and I've gone straight through the 23rd. I completed the Novena to Padre Pio, uh, Patrozina, uh, on September 23rd, which is the feast day of Padre Pio. I didn't go to, I didn't make it to Mass, but it's a, on uh, nine-day novena and I also added a uh, litany to Padre Pio and it's great because I'm happy that I did it I had three requests the two of them um, was one was for my brother's conversion and the second one was for my mother to grow into faith. And the third one was for myself um, with two parts to it. I'll, the first part was to, to be blessed, uh, to be, I wanted the grace of, of humility. Uh, I wanted the grace of the love of God and the, uh, the fear of God. And I wanted the, the, the spiritual, uh, the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. The other half I'll keep to myself. Um, but, you know, but it's connected to the first half. You know, um, the the grace of charity is one. I, I was another one. And... Um, you know, um, I was listening a lot to an amen to the podcast, uh, Amen, which is the Augustine Institute, and I was I was listening to a lot of it on the, in the morning, and I used to have playing the rosary. You know, listening to a rosary being prayed to is good, but eventually you want to pray it yourself. So this is my other advice. Okay, pray the rosary. You can start off 
um, with the opening to the rosary, such as the Apostles' Creed, the Our Father, and the Three Hail Marys, you know, you could do it in the shower. You can say that part in the shower. Get that out of the way. And I mean it in a positive way, meaning because to open to, to open up. Because the introduction takes a while. And, you know, you, there's a lot of distractions, uh, especially when you get on the train. I mean, it's hard to listen to the rosary being prayed on, on, a, on, a, on an app because you really struggle to get through it. Because, you know, it's an app. It's not, it's, 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 you know, it's hard. I listened to the consecration to the sacred heart. I listened to the consecration to, to the immaculate heart, litany and stuff like that. It's hard because, you know, you're going through a different pace and it's not your own personal pace. It led me to start praying the rosary again. Here's what you can do. Just, Pray the, other, the, the introduction, opening of the rosary, the Apostles' Creed, the Our Father, Three Hail Marys, Glory Be, Oh My Jesus. I even add a St. Michael prayer and get that out of the way. Finally, when you get to praying the decade, you're praying it. Meditate on the scene. Say your personal request. And then just go right through it and you can meditate in each scene. Now, a lot of people like to pray. Uh, there are people like Taylor Marshall. He doesn't like the Luminous Mysteries. And a lot of people feel that the, the, the Luminous Mysteries breaks up the 150 Psalms, 150 Hail Marys, which add up to 150 Psalms by praying the original three mysteries. When I listen to a... A, um, a Dominican priest, I mean the Order of St. Dominic, and he solved this problem, this argument over the Luminous Mysteries, very simply. Just pray three sets of each mystery three times. Meditate on the Joyful Mystery three times. First in the morning, you can, if you have time, you get through the second one or you break it up to the day like you do a decade here or two decades here or, or you know, or through, or through this decade. It's really, really makes sense. You meditate three times on the mysteries. It's 150, adding to 150 Psalms. Very simple. You get the day of the Passion. This, the sorrowful mystery, focus on the five mysteries three times. Um, same thing with when you get to the luminous mysteries. F pray it, pray it three sets, five, you know, the five luminous mysteries, pray it three times. It adds up to 150 Psalms. So I just look at it as very simple. Very simple. All right. So, it's just that you have to develop a habit of prayer. 
It's not easy. You know, I always say to God, I love you. I don't love you enough. I want to love you the way you want to be loved. I want to love you more. Give me the grace to love you more. Please. And that's, that's, that's true. And also ask for, make my prayers sincere. Make my requests sincere, please. Give me that grace. I need it. And take, give me the, take away all delusion. Take away all that's delusional, all that is false. Take away all that is just, take it away from me. Give me real sincere prayer, a real sincere heart. And God willing, he'll do it. It takes time. It, you don't become a saint overnight. You know, just ask them for it. All right, so uh, I just wanted to talk about these things. I wanted to talk about them. Like I said, keep your rosary prayer. You know, when you like get back, like say you're praying the rosary on the way home, you don't have to say the Apostles' Creed again because you already said it in the morning. You know what I mean? So you have, oh, the introduction can only, you, could, you, you should say it only once. Okay? If you're going to pray, like tomorrow is going to be the glorious mystery. So say the Apostles' Creed, the Our Father, and three Hail Marys just in the morning. When you're, when, you're, when, you're, when you're in the shower, just say it. Or on you're walking on the way to the train station or your or a moment. And then like say you 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 could only say two two decades of the glory and mystery for the resurrection and the ascension. Fine. You said it that time. You get another time to be alone or something, say another decade. Say the the coming of the Holy Spirit on that particular moment. And the last two, which is on the Blessed Mother, say it again, uh, again, more privately, and you know, whatever, whenever you have the time. You don't have to pay it, pray it straight through. It's not necessary to pray it straight through. What is necessary is that you're praying the decade of these rosary mysteries. Even when you're sitting down on the chair, you can pray quietly to yourself. Like I, I've learned not to have to carry a, a, a a five-decade rosary. I'm actually, I have this uh, very handful, uh, hand, um, helpful 10-decade made of wood rosary. It's kind of the size of olive pits or grapes, I would say, more like grapes. And I just say it. I just say it. I, and and it, you know what? It works. It really does work. Just focus on our Lord. Keep your eyes on Him, not on the world. Amen. Amen, and God bless you guys. Okay, I'll I'll come back later with something else. Uh, I hope this is helpful. I just wanted to talk about this. I just felt I needed to share this with you guys. Let's really become saints. And don't complicate your prayer life. Simplify it. Find something that you're good at doing and do it. And the novena, just make a, no, just try to keep it simple. 
keep it simple. I'll tell you more about the Padre Pio Novena later on, okay, in another episode. God bless.